Welcome to Midnight Circle from your friends at House of Whimsical Terror. A chat about spooky topics. And this week's topic is animals and the unseen. Yes. So, Mary, I love this topic. You picked this topic. I did. I love this topic. You did pick this topic. (laughs) I sent you some things and you were like, this is a great topic. I'm like, you picked this topic. I know. It's probably (laughs) because I adore dogs. Yeah. And this is a great topic because I actually had to do a little research in order to speak on this topic, which is what I love about Midnight Circle because it spurs one Mm -hmm. to explore the yeah. rabbit hole further. Yeah, we were going to do Midnight Circle just about, like, topics that we're interested in. But it seems like each one has its own little stories built in as well. Yeah. So I was not expecting that, but I'm glad. Yeah. So we'll have spooky stories plus some perhaps factually <laughs> relevant information. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, so animals often sense disaster and that's really what I was looking into like they will um, actually sense disaster even before technologically advanced warning systems interesting mm-hmm. I love that and not surprising to me but very interesting yeah so in 2004 um, during the absolutely tragic Indonesian tsunami yeah. uh, there were eyewitness accounts of animals that they fled inland, right, and 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 out of the area hours before thirty foot walls of water just smashed into the coast. Terrifying, absolutely treacherous, and and oh, just a horrible situation. And some people listened to their animals. Yes, many many of the people who survived actually followed the animals inland and up into the hills and away from the. They somehow had an innate understanding to do that smart so mm-hmm. follow the animals follow the animals yeah or if you don't see the animals or hear the animals that's a sign <laughs> that they're already gone they're already gone <laughs> um and in tonga before the recent eruption um the sea turtle someone was reporting that the sea turtles that were on the beach heading toward the sea they actually did u-turns some of them they turned back away from the sea Whoa. yeah which is you I mean Again, they know. Um, in Sumatra, before the 2010 earthquake, it was reported that the elephants all fled to higher ground. Mm. Yeah, so if your elephants are fleeing, just follow them. Yeah, they're like super follow smart. the elephants yeah. to higher ground. So then, of course, historically, right, I have to look at the history of everything. Um, in 373 B.C., uh, Greek historians were actually writing about how rats, snakes, weasels, and dogs, because weasels were a thing, um, <laughs> were fleeing the city of Helica before an earthquake. Wow. Right? Um, and there were thousands and just thousands of accounts of animals uh, and the unseen stories throughout centuries, which I wasn't expecting, but it's the truth. Yeah, it makes you wonder about Pompeii if mm-hmm. animals escaped and people didn't listen. Yeah, it, did, it definitely made me wonder that. And I suspect, yes, I suspect, yes, they did. Um, both the, the animals took off and the people did not listen, yes. Um, perhaps some of the people did, I hope. 
Um, so scientists are still trying to work out, like, how do animals know about impending disaster? So some of the things that they're uh, researching are electrical changes in the atmosphere, carbon gas uh, emissions and releases, uh, changes in low-frequency sound waves, or, like, any combination of these, plus more ways in which animals, like, they're they're so highly evolved in their sensory systems um, they're really studying, like, what are these types of things that they're sensing that puts them in a situation where they're able to pick up on these things that, that humans, you know, advanced technological warning systems can't, mm-hmm. or humans themselves cannot, right? Yeah. Super important, valuable information that that would be. Um, so I think that animals basically just have a sixth sense. And that's what I would call it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the sixth sense is not paranormal, but just is yeah. that they can, you know, they see and sense, perceive, mm-hmm, perceive what's going on with the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Their their sensory systems are just so highly evolved. Exactly. Yeah, and they're so connected to the earth. Right. Um. So perhaps the sixth sense also senses spirit. So speaking to a veterinarian, um, who's, you know, was telling me about how, like, if there's a euthanasia, sometimes an owner will bring, like, the other animal in, like, the other family dog to visit the dog that, that passed. And, um, there, there won't be, like, a recognition. They won't register death. They won't register the death. Like, the dog, it's like they see the spirit alive. They see the spirit. Even after the dog passes, there's just, it doesn't register because they just see spirit, perhaps. Maybe so. I'd like to believe that. Um, but then there's also things like in elephants, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, stories about how they exhibit extensive grieving behaviors. So there's that. Um, I just like to believe that animals have extraordinary insights into the unseen that we humans don't. Yeah. Right, right. And there um some of the things I was reading about, you know, there isn't really a way to quantify that mm-hmm. or even qualify it. Well, I guess you could somewhat qualify it. But there are definitely some things that dogs can do that are um scientifically uh proven. For example, I was looking at the NIH.gov and there's an article about dogs being able to sniff out cancer in human beings. Now, these are trained dogs or dogs that have been given a little bit of training in sniffing these out in humans. So don't substitute your dog (laughs) for going and getting, um, diagnostic help from that super health professionals. Yeah. We're not advocating that, but, but on the other hand, uh, this, this article says that, um, the trained dogs had a higher diagnostic rate. Of course, like I said, they had trained them a little bit and they are able to, detect it in um, breath, like of humans, whether they have cancer. And the higher diagnostic rate was uh, using tissue samples or urine samples um, 
the the dogs were able to just smell it on the breath without any oh. samples of tissue or urine. And this is on NIH.gov, and they call them sniffer dogs. Sniffer they can dog. diagnose lung cancer and other kinds of cancer as well. But I think they're specifically looking at that in this article, which wow. is fascinating. So it does yeah. make you wonder, like, what can dogs sense that we mm-hmm. can't because they're, you know, they have superpowers. I know I'm going to talk mostly about dogs, but it's I love dogs. I love dogs so I'm too. good with it. And, and the Doberman, uh, you know, he's, he's always around, around making way too much noise during all of our Except podcasts. today. Except today. Yeah, because the, the podcast about the dogs and he's not into it, I guess. <laughs> he's like, it's all lies. Uh, but... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, there, there are some facts I around have, yeah, dogs. Yeah, we have like some dog stuff. The olf- olfactory receptors in uh, dogs are like remarkable. Okay, so that was really uh, me stuttering about olfactory receptors in humans. We have six million. Dogs have three hundred million. That's income. Conceivable. Yes. And in, um, so hearing, humans have 20 hertz. Dogs have three times that, 64 hertz. Oh. So they really have all those superpowers that some of the uh, research articles about humans and dogs helping each other in uh, their evolution or in their survival rate up until now, uh, you can see how one you know, helps the other in, d- in different ways and especially dogs helping us, like right. warning us well ahead of time when there yeah. is danger coming or, you know, knowing what's, what's going on. Here's our Doberman finally. Yeah. Ignoring us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, so many people have those stories about dogs just staring at weird places or being uncomfortable mm-hmm. going into a certain room or a certain area of the yard. Right. And there it seems to be no explanation for it. I talked about it a little bit in, um, they lived here before one of our early mm-hmm. uh, episodes when um, my dogs didn't want to go into that front bedroom. Like right. They could not right. make them. I mean, it could make them, but they weren't happy about yeah. it. Yeah. And especially my cattle dog, who was, you know, my shadow, he was mm-hmm. next to me all the time. And he wouldn't go in there willingly. He would go right. in there if I made him. And I don't know what was in that room. The rest of the house, they're fine. Mm-hmm. So interesting about that is- dogs seeing things. Yeah. I have a story about my cattle dog. Uh, so he was very well behaved, very well trained. He would do whatever I told him to do. He would not leave my side if I told him not to. It's absolutely true. I mean, I put him on a leash just because it was, you know, the law, but I didn't have to when I would take him out. He was like the best dog. He really was. And if I told him to, you know, be quiet or or stay in a room, he would would do what he was told. So I tell him his name? No. (laughs) And then, so he, uh, so he one day we had the a man came in it was a handyman who was going to fix something in the house and uh 
before that day, he had to come over and do something in the side yard where I have a dog run. And so at the time I had three dogs and uh, he was one of them, the dog, uh, not the handyman. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the cattle dog. And so he was uh, apparently barking so aggressively. He looked like a wolf. Like he looked scary, but he wasn't mm-hmm. normally scary. Yeah. So uh, the handyman called and he uh, said, look, I can't get into the yard. The dog is like really aggressive and barking. And I was thinking, oh, it must be one of the other dogs. Can't be my dog. And uh, so I called the neighbor across the way. She did like dog rescue and different things. Her name is Luna. She was this lovely young woman. And I said, hey, you know, there's a man who's fixing the irrigation system. Could you go over and, uh, you know, do something about my dog? And she goes, really? Like she was really confused because, you know, he's such a good dog. She goes, okay. She called me a few minutes, not a few minutes, but I want to say about uh, maybe 20 minutes later. And she said, I got there and he was barking like he was going to kill that guy. And I said, really? And she said, yes. Uh, I've never seen him act that way. And she knew him very well. She knew all of her dogs very well. Wow. She said, I opened in, called him. He came right to me, put him in the other side uh-huh. of the yard where he would be, you know, locked off the big side of the yard. Yeah. And he was fine. And I went home. She said, but I think you should be worried about the man who's fixing your stuff. And I said, uh-huh. oh. And, you know, yeah. I thought, well, yeah, whatever. I shouldn't have thought, yeah, whatever, because fast forward to about two weeks later, he was coming over and I happened to be home on this day and I had all three dogs inside and it was usually fine. You know, the dogs yeah, might bark a little yeah. when people get there, but then you tell them, you know, quiet down. My dog would not stop. My cattle dog was just viciously I I couldn't even, he wasn't harming the man, but he would not stop. And it was a bark like I'd never heard him. It was like a vicious bark. Mm -hmm. And no one, like kids could sit on this dog. You could do, I mean, you could do whatever. This dog was like totally He was totally good with everything. Mm -hmm. He might get up and walk away or wait for me or come over and get me and say, hey, that person's bothering me. But other than that, like he would never on his own volition be barking like that at someone and I kept telling him to stop. I was like, stop. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And the man's just standing there and, you know, kind of like like smirking, like, you know, your, your dog's out of control. And Luna's words went through my head, like, you should beware. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to listen. Yeah, yeah. And I told him, I said, I'm sorry. Um, I don't think this is going to work out. So thank you very much. And, and he left. But this is dog. We had people come in and fix electrical, plumbing, you know, work on the roof and and come inside and talk to us. Never a peep out of him. This particular man, I don't know what it was. Mm -hmm. Just absolutely uh, could not calm down. And and I think there was not, there was something not quite right. Yeah. Um, I think it's important that we listen to our dogs when they don't like people. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. you just don't like somebody. But this yeah, but was like, like, but like that. That, like was, that was over the top. Exactly. When they're that expressive, yeah. there's something happening there. It'd be different if he had ever been that way ever in his life. Correct. I'd had him since puppy. Yeah, and he never had done that. 
um, my brother had two dogs. I love this story. It's so weird. Um, I was visiting him in California. He had a house and he had been there when I got there, maybe a few months. And I was in his kitchen. I turned around. There was a, a living room right off the kitchen and then the stairs going up to the second floor. And his two dogs, he had a, a chihuahua and a little terrier, like small dogs, were like sitting at the foot of the stairs looking up. We were the only two people in his house and we were both, you know, downstairs. My brother was sitting in his living room watching television. Mm-hmm. I was in his kitchen and I told my brother, I said, look, look at your dogs. And he turned around and he said, oh yeah, I don't, I don't get it. But they do that all the time. Wow. And I said, really? He said, yeah, they don't. He said, it's weird. They aren't like barking like there's something. Because these are are dogs that are yappy. They they bark when someone's coming to the door or someone's outside. Yeah. They weren't barking. They were just looking up as though someone that they knew was at the, you know, the middle part of the staircase, the landing before Mm -hmm. you go to the second part of the staircase. Someone was just standing there looking down at them. Oh and they gosh. were just looking straight up. It was huh. so strange. Uh, my brother said uh, about a week before, he said the weirdest thing happened. I was alone in the house and just the dogs. And I heard this of the dogs just start barking really loud. Mm-hmm. And But they didn't go up the stairs. They stayed at the foot of the staircase. And he said, he, you know, he quieted them down. And all of a sudden he heard this like, like a clocking or clanking not a clinking, more of a, I can't describe it, but like a, a sound, like someone had like clanked, clapped something together or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, someone's upstairs, but there's no way for anyone in this house. And I've been in this house many times to get up to the second floor from outside. Like you mm-hmm. had to come in through downstairs in the back or downstairs in the front. Right. And the rest is just a flat wall with windows. Like you couldn't, no way to climb up there. Uh-huh. So Brian went running up the stairs thinking someone was in his house and he's looking around, looking at different rooms, looking, you know, laundry room, bedrooms. There's no one there, nothing. He's looking oh. in closets, looking everywhere to see wow. if someone was there. No one was there. And he walked back downstairs and there are the dogs just sitting at the foot of the staircase looking up. <laughs> but that's the only time they barked, but they didn't run up there. You know, yeah, like dogs yeah. would be like, Someone's upstairs. Let's go Let's get them. Get them. And would run up there. They didn't. They just parked oh. from the bottom of the staircase, and there was nothing up there. But he distinctly heard. Well, yeah, nothing you could see. Right, because it's animals in the unseen, Esther. I know the unseen. Those dogs could scary. see things that we so. couldn't see. I believe that dogs can see things that we cannot see, and um, obviously they have the they have the physical capacity to probably, you know, be able to perceive those things. So John Doe, I used to have a little dog, for those of you that don't know, but anyone that knows me knows. He's famous. He was famous. He's like Facebook famous, my little dog. (laughs) He was a little 10 pounds of terror min pin named John Doe, who sadly transitioned into the other realm a couple of years ago. Little textile designer. Yeah. He was an amazing, amazing little dog with a huge personality. But in, you know, I have talked about like Walter who lives in my house, the, the 
the ghost man that lives in my house, or perhaps I live in his house because he was probably here first. Um, the bedroom in which all many eerie things occur that you can, you can hear about if you listen to our other episode, mm-hmm. um, about Walter. Um, but John, as he got older, John Doe would, in the middle of the night, he would go into that room and he would just hang out in there and kind of walk around. And sometimes he just stand and stare mm-hmm. at that same location that people perceived this energy of Walter. And then he would come out and he would stand in the middle of the living room, which is right next to that room. And then he would just bark. He would stare and he would bark. He would stare and he would bark. Creepy. Like to play bark though. Wasn't like, Oh, oh, like yeah, it wasn't like fun. a, yeah, like he was having fun with something invisible. He was a very unusual guy. But, uh, but so is Walter. And, you know, John's probably still around here, running around doing things anyway. Yeah. yeah. Making mischief. Making mischief. Cause Did you that's, tell the nightlight story? No. You don't want to. You can tell the nightlight story. I don't know it as well. So, the, when I got up and when, okay, so one night I got up because John wasn't in his bed where, you know, like he was gone for a while. And so I got up to go see where he was. And um, and then I found him eventually in the other room on way out to the door. Um, and then I came back. I came back into, into my bedroom and the nightlight that wasn't on was now on. The nightlight with a switch that had to be flipped was now on. That's so creepy. It was very creepy, but that's, you know, only one of the many creepy electrical occurrences in the house. But yeah, that was, that was one of the stories because I had to go, I had to go get my guy, but he was uh, out and about doing his thing. And Walter was obviously having his way with my, was my nightlight. So, but yeah. Yeah. So Creepy occurrences, things you can't see, lights that come on, dogs. And I think we're probably going to have other dog stories sprinkled through our future stories. Because now that we've talked about this, I have like all these different stories that I realized. Right? Yeah. Like, oh. Like a whole dog story episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think that it would be like uh, going to this episode, but part of like, you know, future episodes. It's true. It's absolutely true. You know, they were, uh, there have been studies about dogs and their remarkable capacity for empathy. Um, So, they will notice like even facial features on humans. If they are, you know, looking sad or angry, they know. And something happened last night. I was feeling really down and I don't know why it was just like a, a one of those mm. things. I was just really miserable. And I had something to get done that I just could not figure out mm-hmm. on my own. And I'm sitting with my computer on a, a small table that's kind of a portable table that I'll set in front of the couch and just work on that rather than going to a, a full table. And um, the little dog that lives at my house now is a little um, Jack Russell mix. mix. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just 
at one point I just put my head in my hands. It just felt good to just put my head down in that kind of universal symbol of despair. Right, right. <laughs> I wasn't despairing. I was just down. I was just feeling down. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden you hear this like movement and like, you know, sound of the wood creaking on the desk. And I look down and the little dog is like under the table, which he never does under the table. And his little paws are up on my legs and his little face oh. is trying to kiss me. I'm like, <laughs> what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> what happened with you? That's you- fantastic. Dogs are the best. Yeah. And we also love cats. it's like dog cats dog cats we just love animals and animals are amazing and and that sounds like our symbol to our signal to i guess it is (laughs) because we're probably rambling yes that animals and the unseen yes and everything else and our housemates see all of you out there probably uh they're probably like shut it off talked out a while ago yeah you're still with us and um, we love you the most. That's right. That's right. And um, and we'll be back with other uh, Midnight Circles and House of Whimsical Terror and all the things. Our topic-based show. That's right. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us for this rambling episode. <laughs> and uh, please follow us. Tell your friends. Stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Bye. Talk to you soon.